0: You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. welcome to the uncommon podcast i'm your host ryan today i'm joined by i would say a very uncommon guest, mr jonathan york of the resilient man project jonathan welcome to the show it's good to have you hey man thanks for having me good to see yeah. you again absolutely absolutely yeah it's been since uh last october so jonathan and i kind of know each other through uh the dad edge circle um there's a podcast with with that group as well which Really, kind of got got me personally going in this this type of self improvement and and even just with the desire to do a podcast. But yeah, that was lat, back at last year's summit, which was a great event, and we kind of got connected there. Yeah, how have you how have you been since that since that time? How, what's life looked like for you?
1: Man, everything's been great. I I, I kind of uh, echo what you said. I I think that that whole podcast and that whole scene is 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 one of the main things that got me started in, in podcasting and doing what I'm doing as well. So I've often, you know, messaged Larry and told him, man, like keep doing what he's doing. He's um an inspiration, you know, for sure. Been a long way. Everything's been good, busy, you know, just uh, trying to survive in this crazy world and this crazy economy as a small business owner. And then, you know, getting all this stuff launched and, and getting traction with it is taking a lot of time and effort um, yeah. out of my life for sure.
0: Yeah, it's a passion project, but it can very quickly just feel like another job. Um, on that note, yeah, what is? Can you remind me what what is it that you do for your nine to five? And like, how do you get into that? Like, what do you love about it?
1: Yeah, I, I own a flooring company. Um, we do resinous flooring, and mostly in the industrial sector. We messed around a little bit in in residential over the summer um but that's it and it's coatings is just what i know it's what i that's what my dad did it's it's kind of what i've done um in one way or another since i was 18 to 20 21 years now um so yeah man got out of you know know a little bit of story i got out of prison eight years ago something like that and, and went into work for like eight bucks an hour, working my way into sales at, the, at this company. Broke a bunch of records. Went on to another company. Helped a guy like launch a division doing what I do now. Took it from nothing to a couple million bucks a year. Uh, fell out of alignment both places. And November, this November will be two years. I've been a I've been a business owner so it was like i decided to go in business for myself and like a week later russia invaded ukraine and inflation started and all that so it's mm-hmm. been it's been a challenging you know, and, and also you know no business degree or anything here so just not knowing what i what i didn't know from tons of mistakes and and tons of learning experiences and things like that but um 2022 was the toughest financial year of my life and i think i learned the most about myself and i grew the most in that same year so hmm. Yeah, you know, pushing through those hard moments, man. That's where the lessons are, and that's where the growth is. For
0: sure, that's where the resiliency is is born. Yeah, kind of in that that vein. So you started Resilient Man Project over the past year. Is that that right? And
1: I mean, it, like the first episode launched, I think like the week before I went, or the two weeks before I met, uh, went to that uh, summit up in, okay, up in St. Louis. So right around the first week in October or something like that is, is when I, when I launched everything.
0: Yeah. What was kind of the catalyst for that? Was that something that had been on your mind and heart for a while or what kind of led to you launching that?
1: Yeah. So about two years ago, I would say I went through like kind of what I describe as, as my awakening. Like I would have considered my, if you would ask me if I was a Christian prior to that, I would have, I would have said yes. Um, I found my faith in prison and, you know, I went to church and all the things, right. But uh, over about two years ago, I mean, I just went through this, this change, Um, started seeing my life as a, as a journey of experiences and lessons and things like that. And and kind of uh, carried myself in somewhat as a victim, you know, born into this, this circumstance, this circumstance, which I mean, in reality, I did most of it myself, but still kind of carried myself as a victim. And I mean, just clear as day, one day God put it on my heart, you know, it's all been for a reason. It's all been for a purpose. Um, and, and that purpose is coming. So, like, I started getting in shape. I lost 60 pounds. Like, I, I and I didn't really even know why I was doing it hmm. um, in the beginning. I just knew that I wanted to lead men. And I knew that if I couldn't lead myself, then, then, you know, I couldn't obviously lead other men. So, just started doing all this work on myself um, over about about a year or so period before. Actually, about a year and four months um, over the course of kind of going through those experiences and launching the podcast and, you know, like watching what Larry did with with that edge and stuff. And it just seemed like in this day and age, the easiest, simplest place to start, you know, (laughs) you just grab a mic. You know very little effort and, and and money invested really in the grand scheme of things and, and all of a sudden you, you have a platform to share your journey and your story and your and your message. So that's where it started um think you know quickly kind of developed into a lot of social media stuff man it, it got time consuming pretty quickly I'm um, just trying to grow the the brand you know mm-hmm. like people say um I really had my heart set on public speaking um and I think I still do to a certain point, but I've come to kind of realize that just my personality and the life's lessons and the things that I've kind of been taught my whole life, I'm just not really great at speaking, especially when I'm trying to share my testimony. Hmm. For some reason, I just kind of shut down and it's really hard for me to work through those things in a live environment. One-on-one like this, I'm I'm pretty comfortable at this point, but kind of had some realizations up in Montana at an event where I actually spoke for the first time. And, uh, I guess I told you before I came on, I came back from that event and had a kind of in-depth conversation about my wife and how much of my attention that all this has taken over the past six months. And like I said, somewhere along the way, it kind of started to become a little bit too much about me and not, not enough about, you know, the mission that I felt like that I wasn't, you know, embarking on. So decided to press pause and kind of, uh, take a breath and focus on my family and, and my kids and things like that. And, Yeah, I'm just kind of taking a a little sabbatical. You know, I I don't know what'll happen if I'll come back as I as I was or relaunch or or whatever. But um, little soul searching time for me.
0: Yeah, like a reset, which is I think is good for us. You know, from time to time. When you let me ask, like when you had that conversation with your wife, was she feeling kind of the same, or was she taken aback that you were maybe thinking about take taking a a pause on it, or what was her perspective?
1: (laughs) Well, like so many. Other times, you know, I think in my life and a lot of men's life, um, I kind of th- thought things were one way in our in our marriage, and in, in reality they were kind of another way. Um, not that I was like overdoing things, but I had absolutely, you know, given a lot of myself to this over the past six months. So we really have less less of me to give to you True. know, those relationships. And she felt that, you know, um, and I didn't really, even really realize that. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was definitely part of it.
0: Yeah, that's great. And then and tell me a little bit more about your family. So you're married. You guys have how many kids? And
1: Yeah, we're a blended family with uh, five kids. I have two from a previous marriage. There's, they're about to be 22 and 21. Um, and then we have uh, she has two from previous marriage that are twelve and nine, and then we have a five year old so we have them from five to twenty two
0: Wow, that's yeah. awesome right <laughs> What would you say is like one thing that you're currently celebrating just as a as a dad? man,
1: our kids are just are they um very I guess they take after after their their mom and I because they're very independent and they have big goals and they're both high achiever type of of people um even at nine and twelve um so my daughter is cheering for the school team and now she's cheering for like the local you know competition travel team my son plays you know rec baseball but he also plays like travel baseball so Mm. They're always just wanting to push themselves. And and that's really been the topic of conversation around here the last few days. You know, like kind of like talking about how my schedule's gotten so busy, you know, just having that conversation of, you know, we want you guys to do what you want to do. However, like this can't be the only thing that we do, you know, so it's tough, man. You know, it's tough juggling all those things and providing those things for your kids, but, you know, still making time for your marriage and Mm -hmm. spreading your time out amongst the kids. You know, it's a, it's a never ending, you know, battle for that harmony in life.
0: Yeah. I know like one exercise a lot of us have done is the core values exercise and just really getting at the heart of like who we are as men and what are the most important, like the non-negotiables. And, so I think even for me personally, having done that exercise and then revisiting it, because it's one thing to do it, but if you don't ever look at it again, how is it really helping you or impacting you? But I I, I think of your story of just like, and my boys are are young, they're three and a year and a half. So we're not to that point where their lives can get consumed with those extracurriculars, but I just think of the importance of like having core values and even like, a, whether you want to call it a mission statement as a family, to really kind of dictate like what do we say yes to and what do we say no to and how do we really protect like the time that that we have together so
1: yeah 100 yeah. and that's a conversation i had with with my daughter because the 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 thing recently has been the uh the second cheer team i just told her yesterday is like you know you just have to remember like you're making this decision so these days are now taken up with this. So that means on Friday and Saturday where your friends are doing these other things and you have responsibilities around here, you know, you're, you're, you're trading that for this and just helping to understand that, you know, choices have, of consequences and, and make sac. you know, we have to make sacrifices based on the, our word, when we give our word that we're going to do things and stuff like that. So it's having that conversation with her, as a matter of fact, that was yesterday. Hmm. Um, but you know how, Twelve year olds are. Well, you don't yet, but you will know. <laughs> yeah. She'll, she'll <laughs> conveniently forget that and still yeah. be all mad. Right. And I will roll around
0: like you never said.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Gotta start recording those conversations. <laughs>
1: yeah. For real. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> Honestly, I might make her sign a contract.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've listened to a, a few of your episodes and really love the the message and a lot of the guests that you've had on and talking through some really intense uh topics and just struggles that people go through in life and even episode one, just as you share your story, um, just a pretty crazy experience growing up. And I definitely encourage listeners to to visit that episode as well as the others. And I'll link that in the show notes. But I wanted to, on this topic of of family and fatherhood, I think one thing you said, I made a note uh, in episode one is just kind of, you didn't really get to have like that childhood because you were forced to really grow up at a young age. And I'm sure that's, probably a lot of young people's experience. Um, so my, I'm curious, like now that you're a, a father, Jonathan, like, do you feel like part of you is living kind of vicariously through your kids, the childhood they're experiencing? And cause I could see like, yeah, I want my kids to be involved in all these things. Cause I kind of get to experience it through them. But at the same time, it's like, we need to pr- protect like the time that we have together.
1: Yes. And no. Uh, I mean, I would almost say more of, Wanting them to really have the childhood that, that I didn't have, you know, I think is really important to me. Um, and that's like these intentional conversations about life and like pouring into like all of these things that, you know, every child needs and, and that I didn't get. And, and it's also showing them that we want those things by sacrificing our time for them and being present. Like, man, there's so much that goes into it. Um, I don't know that I necessarily live. Like vicariously through, I don't know, man. I watch my son play baseball. Sometimes I'm sure okay. there's some flashbacks because that was I, I got to play it very briefly um, for a couple of seasons. but I showed like a ton, a ton of promise. I was like the newspaper and like I, I showed a lot of promise in it. But for whatever, well, I know why. But anyways, I, I didn't get to keep playing it. Um, so I do often, maybe sometimes think back. Like, man, I just I wonder what, what it would have been like if I would have have had. You know the support and and uh, the parents doing for me what I'm doing for my kids now and and what I could have done with that. So th- there are those thoughts sometimes, but I don't think I really lived through them. I'm, I'm more like it's too freaking busy to even live through anybody. You know, <laughs> it's just like okay, where do we have to be next?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Managing the schedule. Yeah, I feel like as a dad, we want to be as present as we can be, and we want to be like their biggest fans. Uh, but there is a time where we kind of have to draw that hard line in the sand and, and say like like you said with your daughters like you're you're going to make choices and you're, you're going to have to take ownership and the things you say yes to mean you have to say no to other things and you've got to you got to think about that ahead of time yeah. you know
1: yeah and that's we, we haven't signed the dotted line yet i think it's probably today i think they're doing it but that that was the intent on the conversation it was like helping her understand you know like look if if me and your mom don't take time to make sure our marriage is strong, like none of this works like mm-hmm. everything filters through that and just helping her, you know, it's hard to it's hard for a 12 year old to see that. she just she only sees you know today and and those yeah, things. but it's trying to trying to have a camping trip planned with my son, my nine year old um the end of June, just me and him and remote, no cell phone service like legit primitive camping and nice. uh for the same thing. Those conversations about life, and you know, he's at that age where it's time to have some of those weird, awkward, tough conversations. But you know, I'm yep. going to give it my best shot, and I have a list of things that I want to cover, and and also want to teach. You know, I have kind of fallen short, I think, on on teaching specifically. My my son, my boys. Well, my oldest one got a taste of it because I was younger, but it's it's about the outdoors and about. Mm. You know, kind of like some survivalish stuff, and just the basic principles of of what it means to be outside. Because you know, the way the world's going, man. I mean, some of those things very easily could come back into play. Um, mm. You know, I don't want him to be as prepared as a as a nine year old can be. At least it not to be completely foreign to him. So, yeah, a lot of those conversations and and stuff. I'm I'm really looking forward to that trip. That's gonna yeah. be cool
0: kind of like lessons of self-sufficiency and resourcefulness does your son gravitate towards the outdoors
1: not really i mean but he's never really been given the opportunity either you know so um it'll be interesting to see how how he takes to it and if he likes you know sleeping in a tent and the bugs and all these things (laughs)
0: that'll be awesome do you kind of view it as like a type of rite of passage type experience for him yeah
1: i think i am going to kind of mold it into that um and I'm gonna come up with some, you know, he's gonna get treated like more like a man those few days, no, you know, without mom around and all those things. And he'll probably get talked to a little different. And uh, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't thought it all the way through yet. But I actually had a guy on um that wrote a book about rites of passage. And I read his I read most of the book. It's a pretty good little book. Um but I think I'm gonna steal some stuff that he did his dad did for him. Um it was just some biblical stuff. And yeah, man, I'm having those conversations, you know the The last part of the gospel that doesn't get shared with the kids about the part of the Christ returning, like having those types of deep conversations with him, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm hoping that he uh, takes to the outdoors, and he, he's a freaking really smart kid. So we'll see,
0: man. Speaking.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Just that that waiting, that anticipation of of Christ's second coming, and what 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 our lives should look like as a response to that. Let me, Let me ask: Was the book Milestones to Manhood by chance? was a different book. It was my awesome, man. Here we go. I remember that guy was on the dad edge that I looked up. That oh, was book and, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I think he was, or maybe it might've been another dad podcast. I want to say he and Larry had a conversation, but yeah, I bought that book shortly after because the guy I work with, he, uh his son was turning 13 and they actually have the same birthday. And so I read the book and gave the book to my, the guy I work with for his birthday and was just like, Hey, Because we've been kind of talking about rite of passage. So it was just a perfect time. And he uh, took a lot of principles and questions from that book and did a rite of passage. And we actually uh, did a podcast episode where I interviewed him and his son and just kind of reflected on the whole thing. But yeah, I love, I feel like that's kind of been thrust more to the forefront in recent years with different, I think just with men in general. And for me, it, it came down to that question of like, when did you know you were a man? And as I reflected back in my life, I was like, I have no idea. Yeah. And the things that our culture says is like, well, you have your first beer or you lose your virginity or you get your first job or get your driver's license. There's all these different things. And they're not all inherently bad, but they don't really strike at the essence of like what it means to be a good man. Good man. All the the character with that. And yeah. yeah. And then just like, what does it look like to do that retreat and then come back? And what are the expectations and yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a good, that's a good thought too, is thinking about making some agreements that as move, as things move forward, you know, you know, you, you will gain this much distrust this and these privileges, but in return, you know, this is expected. So yeah, that some of those conversations are good. Yeah. And kind of on top of what you said, you're absolutely right. That those honestly, like, I got my driver's license. You got your driver's license. We were two completely different people. You know what I mean? Like those are just moments in time. Like I don't mm-hmm. think that has much to do with actually becoming a man. And then with the attack on what it means to be a man so prevalent, which I feel like we're kind of a maybe turning a corner on that somewhat. Um, well, I don't know. Hopefully we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, depends where you're looking. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on where you look at it. But, you know, it's, 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 you know, all of those conversations, that's, I'm going to, after we get off here, man, I'm going to make some notes and stuff. I'm going to grab that book and make sure I take it with me for sure. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I like that about moving forward past that weekend, what it looks like, how, how it could possibly look different. Um, I think is an awesome place to go as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you'll, I think you'll hit it out of the park. I'm I'm excited for you guys to have that experience and I have two young boys, but I'm already looking forward to, you know, the time that I can hopefully do that in their lives. Um, Switching, switching up. So even just kind of talking more about resilient man project. And I know before we hopped on you were and you've shared, like, you're going to take a a bit of a hiatus with that. And when you come back, it might look different. So I think it'd be even cool to talk through that with you, but you could have chosen so many different adjectives. I find it very compelling that you chose resilient. I would just like to know like how you landed on that word specifically. And like, what does being a resilient man mean to you? Why do you think it's important for like men to cultivate resiliency in their lives?
1: Yeah, I think the reason that I landed on it is just because throughout my life, there's been so many times where the odds say I should have ended or ended up a certain way. And although so many bumps in the roads and, and poor decisions and these things, I, I seemed I managed to overcome those odds time and time again. And and even with my business over the past year, like I, I just feel like God has, is, is gifted me with an, an, abate, an, an innate ability to push through, um, to the other side of difficult times. It's something that I've, I've had to do my whole life. Um, through, you know, losing my sister to after prison and all those things, and then losing my sister to an overdose and then actually finding my mom suicide by overdose. And then, all in the middle of, of just getting out of prison as a felon and all these things and still building a life and and not going back to prison and, and being able to battle through addiction and, you know, still build a life, a beautiful life and now own a company and and all these things. And so when I would talk to people about my story, they're like, man, you're, you're really resilient. And it just kind of became a, I, I feel like I was almost being told that. And then I was on a phone call with, uh, Zach Babcock, I don't know. He, he's, he does, um, he's has a podcast called alpha underdog. I think he's kind of moving away from podcasting or something like that, but he's a pretty big online, online presence. Um, and he was helping me kind of come out in and he was like, man, I wish resilient man wasn't taking Cause we were looking at, at, uh, URLs or whatever. And I was like, what if we just put a project on the back end? Yeah, and if you tweak. know, if, if he knows that he gets like really excited and when he gets excited, he makes you excited. And he's like, Oh yeah. man, that sounds like a movement, you know, that's and it just kind of took off from there. Um, so that's why, man, I think I just look back through my journey. And I mean, if I had to pick a word that, that describes me over the past 40 years, it's, it's been resilient. Yeah. Um, you know, Webster's dictionary says us to bounce back. And I guess there's some truth to that, but you don't really bounce back. You you move forward because you go through these things and you don't come back the same person, Mm. Um, but you are able to move through those and learn from them. And hopefully if you use them the right way, become a better version of yourself on the other side of it. So it's not really to me about bouncing back. Um, I I like to say I kind of stole bits and pieces from two or three different definitions and kind of came up with my own. And I, I believe that I also believe that resilience is kind of a skill. I believe everybody's born with a certain amount. I believe some people just haven't figured out how to tap into it. Um, I believe that you can build upon it. I also believe that um, it can diminish Mm. by living in comfort with no, no stress and no, you know, your back's never against the wall. So I believe it's, it's a fluid kind of thing in your life. Um, But I like to say it's a reservoir of strength in which you draw from in times of adversity. Mm. So it's doing the things necessary through your daily habits and, like through serving others is a great way to build resilience. Um, spiritual connection is the ultimate way. Um, anything that, that points you in the direction of a purpose is, is extremely important to resilience. Cause once you have that North star, um, it doesn't really matter what you go through because you know where you're going. Mm-hmm. So once you have that thing in front of you, um, then you can really endure some stuff, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even from your story, it sounds like you, kind of were forced to build a lot of resiliency through the experiences and the challenges that you went through. But then it also sounds like there's an element of choosing to put yourself in difficult situations to kind of work that muscle, if you will, so it doesn't atrophy over time. So I'm curious, like, what are are some things you do? You kind of mentioned disciplines. What are some things you do on a day-to-day to help you kind of work that resiliency muscle?
1: Really, man, it's it's about developing, you know, a lot of people in this space talk about habits and daily habits are extremely important. Um, but what I don't hear talked about that often is that like those habits have to be built specifically for you, for the things that you struggle with. And also with an end goal in mind, you have to have like that destination. Okay, what are we trying to accomplish? So your habits need to be built specifically for your situation. And then they also need to be revisited every 12 or so weeks. um, You know, because, like for me, for instance, uh, when I started this thing, um, it was, I was like I said, 225 pounds or something like that. And it was tons and tons of physical stuff. It was eating habits. It was all these things because that was the focus. Um, But as I moved through it, it became, I, I, I craved spiritual growth. So then my habits kind of, I still exercise and do these things. I put on about 10 pounds, you can tell, because I've kind of shifted to more spiritual stuff. So now it's Bible and it's prayer and it's, it's all these other things. Um, so th- I think it's developing those habits specifically for you. And then, you know, keeping those promises to yourself. Um, the alarm clock goes off and you're going to get up at five thirty. get up, you know, if the, if you say you're going to eat clean, eat clean. If you say you're going to drink your water, drink your water. Like it's, it's developing these, these, this trust, um, with yourself, um, because that's where it all starts. Hmm.
0: Would you say is accountability like a big aspect of that? Or what does that look like for you? Yeah.
1: I mean, it it probably is for most people, I would say, um, and and community is important. A hundred percent it is, um, I'm a man. I've I've kind of a loner, I guess. I don't know. I've I've, met, I've worked through so many things throughout my life on my own, whether it be three years in prison, reflecting and and doing all that and in, looking inward or or whatever. But um, I haven't really had much of that accountability. I'm sure it's extremely important for a lot of people. Um, I just am very like goal oriented, and like once I I know what I need, then I just kind of do what it takes to make it happen. Um, I learned a lot really through going through 75 Hard um, back back when I started this journey. That was one of the first things that kind of kickstarted it all, man. That's an unbelievably good program. Um, so there was accountability there in that app. You know, every day you, you did your stuff and you checked off your boxes and you took your picture and all these things. And that was, it was an awesome catalyst. And I imagine if I had an app designed for my life now, like it would help me stay more, a little more consistent and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess accountability is, is, is definitely important in in some way. It doesn't, I don't think it necessarily has to be another person. Sure. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. I think in, you have to have, you have to take initiative as well. Right. And there's an element of being a self-starter. You can't just have someone dragging you around. Um, you know, a lot of people might need the, the coach to break into their house at 4 a.m. to get them out of bed, but at some point you've got to get to a point where you can get yourself up and yeah, yeah. And then how do you even offer uh, accountability to other people that are struggling? Like, hey, I've been where you've been. Like, this is what yeah. helped me, but you can you can totally do this. Yeah, I know. No faith is a huge component of, of who you are. Your faith in Christ, and and that's number one in my life as well. And I'd love to even dive into your faith journey a little bit more just kind of how you came to to place your faith in Jesus when you were in prison. And like, you know, probably at the lowest of lows, I don't want to put, put words in your mouth, but I can only imagine. But what would you say was it? Cause there are so many different directions we can go spiritually in this life. And I mean, yeah. we, we are unashamed in saying like, Jesus says like, I am the way, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the father except through me. So if Jesus is saying it, I'm not going to argue against it. You can look at the evidence, but what was it for you, like, at that point in your life that attracted you to to Christ and, and moved you to place your faith in him?
1: So up until, I mean, prison, honestly, wasn't probably even in the top four or five of, like, my lowest points in life. Um, it was actually, like, a almost a, a blessing. And I almost knew that kind of instantly. Like, I knew that if something didn't happen, I was going to wind up way worse than prison um but i tell a story of, of me walking around the day remote a couple of months into into being locked up and and uh had a little ten dollar jailhouse radio on and stumbled upon the local christian station the atlanta christian station and and sat down underneath these payphones, and this song by mercy me came on and I, I really had no faith foundation of faith at all went a couple times with friends and stuff growing up but my family didn't go um and this song called the hurt and the healer came on and I sat there and I listened to this song and like the sun shined through and I, I just kind of felt this calmness. Um, I felt like everything was going to be okay, really. Um, even in that place after all the crap that I've been through. So I started going to the little Wednesday night bond, vol- the would volunteer to come in and have a little service. And, even was baptized that they at the prison, um, at one point. Um, and I get out and, and we find a church home and, and all those things. And, but I still didn't really get it. I don't think, I know I didn't. Um, I had the stuff out with my mom and sister, which kind of rocked my faith for a minute. Um, it took me at least a good year to feel much of anything again, if not two years to, I mean, to feel anything. Um, I really think my understanding of of what it really means to to follow Christ has just been over the past two years or so ever since that that awakening that I mentioned earlier happened. Um, I understand now that that you know faith is that personal relationship with Christ. Are you having those daily conversations? Are you pouring your heart out to him? Are you uh, re- repenting and generally meaning the the repentance? Are you? Are you doing the few things that you're supposed to do? Because you know, it's not about church. Every yeah, you need. I mean, a community helps. Um, every you know, you need like minded people around you. The problem is, even in church, you know, a lot of those people aren't necessarily like minded. They just kind of play the part. Yeah. Um, a religion, very little to do with religion. I mean, I had this thought like four or five months ago. Like, if you if you really think about it, I mean, I know Christ chose to go on the cross that day for us. But like religion is what put him on that cross. Hmm. Um, so like it has very little to do religion, um, has very little to do with us. I mean, the only thing we really are supposed to do is have faith that he is who he says he is. Um, his grace is the reason, the only reason we even have a chance, you know? So it's just developing the, that relationship, um, getting in his word, helping to understand, like, I see the whole world through the spiritual lens now. Um, You know, I don't know, man, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to describe really, but it's just, it's having the discipline to put the consistent time in, in the Bible and in prayer and having real conversations and, and pouring your heart out and, you know, when you're walking with him in the right way, and you know you're not doing something right, it's a listening to that Holy Spirit inside you saying, "I don't know about this. This probably isn't what you should be." It's, it's it's having the the discernment to to understand what he's trying to tell you to do and not to do. And it's um, man, it's just it's it's a way of life. It's it's the way you see other people. It's the way you love people. Um, it's the way you you raise your your kids. Um, I mean, so many prophecies have been fulfilled as we speak. Like it's it's critical more now, more than ever, I think to make sure your heart's right. Um repent, genuinely repent, work on those. I'm by no means perfect. I have things I work on, I'm stubborn about every day, still trying to get past. Um, but it's understanding that and it's walking in that 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 place of knowing that. I have these things that I need to fix and I'm going to fix them like living through that. Um, I don't know, man, it's the best yeah. way I can, I can kind of describe it.
0: Yeah. No, I appreciate you. You sharing that. Cause yeah, he's coming back. Right. <laughs> and our job is to, to share that truth and that, that not just that religion, but share the joy of the hope that we have in Christ and, and yeah, and let people know, like, you can have the same thing. And I didn't even earn this. I didn't do anything to, to get this. I, I put my faith in the one who did the work and, and now just my quote unquote good deeds are just the love pouring forth from my heart. I'm doing it because I love Christ, not because I need to earn his love. Yeah.
1: And it goes, uh, I mean, walking in that light, um, it, it builds tying it back to resilience. I mean, it builds resilience because when you're yeah. when you're walking that walk, you're self aware, you know, because you you're in constant thought of of how I should be acting, how I should be thinking, how I should be loving the things I shouldn't be doing. Um, so it makes you extremely self aware, um, and then it, it, like I said earlier by serving others, you build resilience in them as well, because they might have some trauma or some, they may have had no one ever sacrifice for them in their life. And and you start serving them and, and all of a sudden they're, you're healing old wounds for them and helping them build resilience because there is somebody out there that, that cares. Um, and it's just, uh, like I said, man, making those serving others and your walk with Christ, if you can just get those two things figured out, um, and he is coming back. I mean, I'm to the point where I walk around listening for the trumpets. And when I'm driving, <laughs> I'm, when I'm driving, I'm looking up at the sky, like half expecting, um, come to come riding in, you know? Um, yeah. I so. think there's a
0: word that uh, Maranatha, I think it just means like, come, come Lord, come like come quickly. Yeah. I think about that from time to time, but even like, yeah, going back to what you said on service and how it builds resiliency in, in others. I think it builds resiliency in ourselves too, especially when we serve and there's no, there's nothing reciprocated. Mm-hmm. We serve those who don't even appreciate what we're doing for them, um, or even, you know, return our, our loving service with, with spite or whatever it might be. Um, that can play out in just an interaction with someone on the street, but it can even, I mean, it's like, how do we serve our wives? How do we serve our kids? How do we serve with Christ like humility? And it's like, this is the, This is the fifth time I've cleaned up our kitchen today and no one said thank you once, Mm -hmm. but God is glorified and I can rejoice in knowing that He is glorified through that and I'm blessed. And I don't need to be thanked. I don't need to be I don't need the approval of man. I don't I'm not trying to earn anybody's favor or or blessings from them. It's like blessed from from the one on high. So yeah, man.
1: Figuring out these things, you know, way earlier in life than I did. So you're you're well on your way, man, for sure.
0: Yeah. I've, I've certainly been fortunate to have some very good examples in, in my life and including my dad and, and just other men, um, you know, that were in different church communities that I was in. I was even curious to ask about just hearing like your story in episode one, you talked a lot about like your dad and um, you know, your parents had you when they were really young, like in their twenties. Is that right?
1: Uh, no, my mom was 16. Dad okay. was
0: seventeen. Yeah. Okay. So even, yeah, even younger. And kind of what I gathered from the episode is like, in spite of a lot of challenging circumstances, it sounded like your dad worked really hard provided. And like, he was pres- a present figure in your life.
1: Um, Out of like respect for that side of the family. I yeah. didn't tell much of that story. Yeah. Uh, my dad did work hard. My dad Absolutely taught me what it means to provide for a family. He got that part right. Um, but I was also kind of, I mean, he he married my stepmom when I was like two or three. And that's where I ended up. They quickly had children of their own. I kind of became, you know, someone that just kind of like put up with, I guess. And uh, alcohol was involved uh, a daily occurrence at our house. So every memory that I have. Of even the good memories that I have of of that are tainted um, by just way too much alcohol, and it just it, it, I look back on my life and like I was never put first, uh, by but but some grandparents, um, you know. So he did. He he taught me a lot, and and we ate. We had lived in a, a decent little house, and he ended up getting outside of the city, and he worked, you know, his regular job, and then would do side work and did whatever it took to provide. Um, but he also never really taught me how to be a dad.
0: Sure. Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that. That I think that sheds light on even why you want to do this rite of passage for your son. You know, it's kind of like, and I think about that in terms of like my relationship with my dad He's great on a lot of fronts, but there are some things um, not to compare, but just feeling like I missed out on being taught some things that really would have helped me. Um uh, know what it meant to be a man at a younger age, and maybe avoid some some mistakes along the way, yeah, yeah. And
1: for so long, I think it's just like I just thought being a man was pro- working providing sure. and I mean, to some level protecting or or whatever. And those are still absolutely important roles of the man, um the man there's so much more especially when you're in your home and behind closed doors that you know about about the the pouring into and the being mm-hmm. vulnerable with and and putting your kids first and let making sure that they know that they're first in certain situations you know hey we're doing this i'm here with you for you to do this today you know and i just i never had any of that yeah. i was never and um and it's extremely important to me now 100% it is um you know, I turned out okay, but it could have went, it had several opportunities to go the wrong way, you Mm -hmm. know? So I just don't want to put my kids in that position.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you're, you're taking the right steps there. Kind of as we wrap up, I just have a couple, a couple other questions. Um, You you touched on something as you were, I think you were talking to your daughter and, and said something to the effect of like, if me and your mom don't take the time to like invest in our marriage, like none of this other stuff works. So I'm curious to know, like, what does that look like in, in your marriage kind of on a day to day? What does it look like to, to lead your wife? And then even like the faith component of like being the head of the household, leading your wife, you know, spiritually, Mm -hmm. what are those touch points that you guys have to make sure you're like staying on track?
1: Yeah. My my wife is a very driven, independent woman. She's in the military, very well thought of and successful in, in her own right. Uh, it, it took a long time for me to earn, I think, the uh, the right to lead her, especially spiritually. Um, and some things that we do that we just kind of started doing since, like I said, about a week ago was uh, we moved cell phones out of the bedroom. That's one thing we just did. We also, we have this game called Get Deeper, and it's Pull cards and ask questions, and so we replaced. You know, we we quit. We, we quit watching TV probably a year ago. I mean, very very early. I just I don't I don't watch TV anymore. I don't. So I do just, you have
0: a TV anymore. in your house or is we do
1: we do? Yeah. yeah, my son he would kill me. He is a sports fan that I used to be. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we have them often. I wonder why we're spending so much money on cable and all this crap. But anyway, that's you just one.
0: always take the batteries out of the remote. Yeah, but anyway,
1: so yeah, so now taking phones out of the room, I think was a, was a good move. I mean, just because it's so easy to fall in that habit of getting in bed, you're tired and let's just scroll for a minute and go to bed. So now we get in bed and we're still tired, but we'll pop the little game open and ask two or three questions and have a cool conversation. And, and it's as much as it is, I think about the, the act, it's more about the intent, you know, from me, going into every evening or night with her, with the intention on, on being close with her and then her doing the same, you know, it's back to that serving thing. You know, she serves me by doing that and and gives me this feeling that I have not had very many times in my life. And that's those feelings of, of I'm going to sacrifice to make sure our relationship is strong. So, um, that's, that's, the quickest thing, I mean, that's that's the thing that comes to mind most. You know, that's a pretty big change for us. Um, because we were falling into that habit of just crawling in bed and scrolling for 20 minutes and passing out. And yeah. uh, it wasn't a healthy place to be. So that's it, man. I mean, yeah. that and just being conscious of it. You know, we're both conscious of it and and we both um openly talk about the marriage that we want to have and, and what it's gonna take to get there.
0: That's awesome. We've touched on having that North Star what do we envision, you know, our lives to look like towards the end and just the legacy that we've left behind. And I think a a great exercise I've done is just like the writing your own eulogy and just even thinking about like, I watch you guys do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like what you want, what you would hope people would say about you, you know, at your funeral. And I just would love to know, like, what do you hope like will be said of, of you, um, at the at the end
1: man i mean you really you know i hope my my family the, the ones under my roof say that you know uh, i was everything that they needed me to be you know when they needed me to be that person um that i loved them and, and that i i sacrificed and and led them in a, in a godly way And then, you know, the people outside of this roof, it'll be interesting because to be honest, I kind of come I don't know what it is, but, uh, I think people a lot of times misunderstand who I am because I'm, I think my life has made me a little bit socially awkward. Like I said, in this setting right here, I'm fine, but in, in real world, I am a little closed off and socially awkward, but people have no idea the stuff that I've been through and they see it as one thing and it's not the other thing. So, you know. I hope I can overcome all those things and just with the message that I'm I'm putting out there and um the things that I'm doing. I hope I can just, you know, say, man, that's a good dude right there. You know, like he's been through a lot and, and he used it for good. And that's that's really what this life's all
0: about. Yeah. It's funny you'd say that because I mean, I remember talking to you at the summit. I don't even know how it came up that I like saw you and approached you and we just talked. I think it was at like the restaurant at the very end there. And I don't know that we'd even like interacted yeah, much yeah. like over the I didn't of interact weekend. much at all that week. It's just <laughs> yeah. not, like it's not. Where it's, just, just, it's kind of out of your element a little bit. Yeah. It's hard for me. It's really hard for me. Uh, yeah. But all I know is like, I'd kind of, I don't know if I'd seen you on some calls, but something in me, I was like, I need to talk to that Jonathan York guy. And I found you to be very approachable. And obviously we're here talking now. So <laughs> something yeah. something good came from it. Yeah. But uh Yeah. Appreciate your time. As we kind of sign off, is there just anything last we'll you'd want to leave with listeners? Any words of wisdom or a question or
1: I just say if, if you don't have that that relationship with Christ that I'm talking about, then then start to put in the build the habits and build the disciplines to uh to get that ball rolling and then, then you know, once you do that, he'll take over and do the rest. But just build that relationship um and have that faith because you know, in the end that's that's all we're tasked to do is have faith that he is who he says he is. Um, Everything else is kind of up to him and and to get your heart right, man. It's um, and, and, and men especially prepare. I mean, this is, I'll leave them with this. Okay. Think about how hard it is to be a Christian man in 2023. Now imagine your kid at your age and how much harder it's going to be. So are you laying the foundation in a way that's going to help him withstand the next 20 or 30 years of being ridiculed and mocked and made fun of, and all the other things that are going to come with being a Christian. Are you, are you instilling it in your son and daughter at at a deep enough level um, to withstand all that? Something to think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a somber, a somber thought um, and one that we should all be taking seriously. So yeah, again, I want to thank, thank you, Jonathan, for coming on. Um, really enjoyed our conversation listeners yeah you've been listening to the uncommon podcast i'm your host ryan signing off and i'll see you on the next one thank you for listening to the uncommon podcast if you have benefited from our show i would ask you to follow rate and review and share our show and be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission sign up for one of our live experiences and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey